You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the post what was Terry Francona thinking edition of Sharing Socks. I'm uh, Southside Sock Duty Geezer Lee Allen with me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will. Uh, they were recording this on Friday the 16th, which is uh, the morning after Terry Francona decided basically just to get the White Sox a game. And I understand he had some logic he's he's got three starting pitchers two guys on the il one of them actually his disease is terminal stupidity but uh he was trying to save his bullpen so he, he put tristan mckenzie pitching tonight against minnesota in between the two call-up rookies but the call-up rookie friday i mean I think Houston had eight runs off him at two innings, so we didn't do as well. <laughs> oh, that's to be expected. But the five home runs were okay. I mean, he was just throwing batting practice. I thought Gavin Cheese did an incredible job getting it started. It was a 10 pitch at bat, and he had to fend off a lot of things and drive it. Everybody else is, it's like that wore the guy out. And it, I was covering the game, so I was really paying attention to the pitches, and they were just flat. Yeah. But, yeah. You, I don't care if you throw 95 miles an hour. If you're a major league player on a ball that doesn't move at all, it's going somewhere very far. I mean, if it's you could throw a hundred, you could throw a hundred, and if it doesn't break, yeah, major league sure. baseball players are going to hit it. And yeah. in fact, you're helping them out because you're giving them so much power to reverse on you. Um, Stoney, had, Stoney had said that the recognition was that in his initial uh, game against Houston, which was a month ago, it was only other time in the majors. Uh, he had tipped his 
change up mm. because it came out of a different arm slot. And then Stoney, I think at one point said, well, he's doing it again. So if you know what the pitch is and it doesn't move, Basically, players. Well, the thing about the thing about yesterday, yeah, that was definitely batting practice. I I can't either really figure out why Francona would sacrifice that game in a lot of ways, which is at this point infinitely more important than Friday night against Minnesota. Minnesota, in my opinion, is not actually a factor in this anymore. It is a two-team race between the White Sox and... and well, it's a factor because the White Sox play six of their last nine games against them. So that makes them a serious factor, but not necessarily... Yeah, I mean, we, we got to beat them. There, there's no doubt about that. But they're not surging. They're not hot. They're the opposite of surging. Uh, this was... The, They've got no pitchers left. This basically. was the must-win game for Cleveland as well. I realize Cleveland has the lead, so it was way more of a must-win for us, because you have essentially what is a three-game swing, uh, because you're also losing uh, the season tiebreaker if you're the White Sox and you lose uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's a huge game for Cleveland. I they didn't need it as much as we needed it, but I'm still surprised that you saved McKenzie for the Minnesota Friday game instead of throwing him against the White Sox because. If you win this game, you are sitting very pretty if you're Cleveland. Yeah. You you have a, a monstrous swing in terms of division lead uh, for one game of baseball. You have all the momentum because you've commanded this lead against the other team that was surging. You stopped the surge. And you get that you get that tiebreaker, uh, which is just so incredibly important. Uh, I, I'm shocked Francona did what he did. I am thankful he did what he did. Still got to give credit to the White Sox. There's a big difference, I think, now between, uh, the White Sox of today and the White Sox versus two, three months ago is that this is a game when Francona puts a minor leaguer out there that you absolutely have to go out there and smash the ball. And we did. We, we went out there. You know, I as I told my softball team last night after our first win against a very bad team, I was like, this is the difference between this season and last season is we're smoking the teams that we should be smoking this year. And we didn't do that last year. That's the exact same thing with the White Sox right now, with the exception of losing the, the cease game to Colorado, which was an ugly day. But we are winning the games we need to be winning. You know, we took three out of four from Oakland. Um we did beat Colorado one out of two, so we split with Colorado. This was a game we needed to win, and once he put that pitcher out there, we went from needing to win it to having to win it. We had to win that game. You can't give a, get an opportunity like that and squander it. You can't go out there and let this minor leaguer have hit his first good major league day. Uh, they came out mashing, and like you said, Gavin Sheets kind of set the tone. He said, look, you're not great. And I'm gonna wait till I get the exact pitch I want, and I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna be a major leaguer about it, and I'm gonna foul off a million pitches until I get the exact one I want that I can knock out of this park. He got it going, and you know w- there were a couple of home runs that weren't as impressive as others, but 
there were a few that were just absolutely demolished yesterday. I think Moncada's well. was, was 420 and, and out in a hurry. Moncada's was, was, was the longest one. Was crushed, and even Andrews hit his in a very deep part of the ballpark. Didn't yeah. get out by yeah. much. But over a very high fence. Yeah, over a very high fence. So that was a huge win yesterday. My text thread with the other uh, guys from, from Southside Sox were, were blowing up just, you know, it's fun. It's fun to watch them win the games they should win. This is the opposite of what we've been seeing all year. So it's, do we it's have exciting. A reason, do, we, do we have a reason why? Next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I think we do. Well, we'll get into that because next week is the hugest week. And we've got three with Detroit, which basically you don't have to win, but you, you really should win three with Detroit. And then Cleveland comes to Tampa three, and they're not going to throw junk pitchers. I so Vali is coming off the IL, and while he's had a very bad year, he had been quite good recently. And so as long as this forearm strain problem he had is recovered, that's a good pitcher. McKenzie will pitch the second game Wednesday and uh, Bieber on, on Thursday, and unfortunately it, it will be Shane and not Justin. I, I checked on that again. Ah, it's too so bad. those three, oh, Cleveland only has to win one of those three to get the tiebreaker. But if the yeah, Sox I you know I say this. Run. I say this every week on here. We need to win every game <laughs> in the next week. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a make or break week for the White Sox. I I do believe that. Are there ways that they could? Oh win yeah, this? no, no. If 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 you were to get swept by Cleveland, for example, it's over. Yeah, and if you lose and if you lose two out of three, you're in really to... really bad shape. And if you lose two out of three to Detroit and then lose two out of three to Cleveland, you're done. I mean, you're just – it's its virtually over at that point because, remember, Cleveland is finishing this season with six games against Kansas City. So you, you have – which I realize hold the tiebreaker over the White Sox as well. But, uh, you know, they <laughs> yeah, tend to not that, be as good against other teams. That's part of the teams. bad news this year. <laughs> yeah, so if Kansas City surges, we're in real trouble. Uh, but I, I think you, you need to go out with an absolute sweep mentality. You have to sweep Detroit. Detroit is not good. And my, my prediction getting worse preseason they're, they're, of Detroit being decent. Worse. Yeah. I was way off. I thought to myself, this Detroit team's going to be really good by September. They proved the opposite to be well, true. Now, in fairness, on the pitching side, it's all injuries. I mean, their, their pitching staff yeah. was just wiped out, mostly for the season, the best pitchers for the season. But the hitting, that's not an injury thing. They're just bad, just really, really bad. Really, every team in the AL Central has a completely depleted starting pitching staff, except for the White Sox. Yeah. You have to win the division. If you do not win the division, when your mediocre opponents – do not have their best players and their their most important players in a lot of ways, and you do, then you absolutely do not deserve your championship window. You just don't. This is this is a gift of a division. I, I was talking to talking to my wife last night and after the, the Cleveland win, and I was like, this is huge. We are we're in it. We're back in it. And Bryce was like, Are, are you serious, Art? Are they really <laughs> like this whole season, they've been so terrible. And I was like, well, that's the joy of the AL Central. You know, if, if we're in other divisions, we're not even talking we're about We're 20 games out. <laughs> yeah. 
but but we do get to actually be in this thing uh, because we're in the worst division possible, uh, other than maybe the NL Central, which is also terrible. But that has two good. Yeah, teams. we uh, we got the big win. We got to go in. We got to win at least two out of three against Detroit. If you lose, if you only win one against Detroit ever, I think you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. So. Uh, we we got to get these wins against Detroit, and then of course against Cleveland, a sweep is, you know, not mandatory. But we, no, I think, you, I think you take two out factor. of three. Yeah, presuming you do well against Detroit, Cleveland does not sweep oh, I, uh, five from Minnesota. I lost you sound wise. Oh, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna pause hmm. us real quick. Okay, sorry about that. We had a quick little technical difficulty there, but we're back in business. Apparently, Mr. Zoom didn't like whatever I had to say, which frankly wasn't much. I don't know why he was upset. Maybe, Maybe you were going to say something that. about LaRusa and Reinstorf just. Well, I am absolutely planning to talk about LaRusa. I plan to dedicate the second half of this show because I listened to the score on my way to grocery shop this morning, and they had several updates on LaRusa, who incidentally, this is important. Now, it's not as important as the fact that they threw it with a schmuck uh, and decided to save Tristan McKenzie, who absolutely owns the White Sox until the Friday for Minnesota. Uh, but uh, they were talking on the score about the fact that a lot about Lewis, but one of them, he didn't go to Cleveland. So the losing LaRusso aura was not there, but apparently he has flown to Detroit. That's not good. No. I mean, he won't be in the dugout. He won't presumably be in the clubhouse, one hopes. But he will be in the stadium. And that could, we've, we've learned that's enough to screw everything up. He was there for the second Colorado game. All right. Well, let's let's hold our La Russa uh, chat for the second half because we are sort of coming up on our break here. Uh, do you have the pitching matchups that we're going to see in Detroit? Do you have those? Uh, it's Manning. It's Manning Giolito on Friday night. Uh, I didn't okay. – I, I looked at the others, and I don't remember what they are. So we uh, we had Cairo switch out Giolito, who was going to throw on Thursday. Uh, he switched him out, put Lynn in the game, give the ball to the hot hand. Uh, Lynn started a little rocky. Pitch count was really high after one. Um, after two. After, after two, I mean. And uh, – he settled down really nicely. Um, he, he actually, he gave us six innings, was kept in the game a little too long for some reason. I'm not sure why with a seven-run lead you, you throw Lance Lynn back out there in the seventh inning at 96 pitches or whatever. Um, but Lynn certainly seems to be coming around. Um, he's had a he's couple really around, yeah. good starts in a row. His confidence is back. He's yelling things at the the ball again. He's yelling things at the opposing hitters again. He's yelling at the umpires again. It's the fiery Lance Lynn that we didn't see earlier this year. Uh, I mean, it ended up being a, a great decision. And, you know, as I said, we'll, we'll talk about LaRusa in the second half here in a minute. Uh, we haven't seen a, a ton of great decisions this year on the managerial front. This one really paid off. I think it was the absolute right move. Of course, now we have the proof that it was the right move. But even before that, I, I thought it was a really great move. I think it's a move LaRusa absolutely wouldn't have made. Uh, if if LaRusa was in there, I think we would have seen Giolito pulled, but we would have seen Larry Garcia as our starting pitcher 
against Cleveland, uh, which, you know, would have his ERA is 27 or so. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited by what we're seeing from Cairo. I think there's a fire behind him that is, uh, exciting these players in a really fun way and a, a way. And let us, let us give fits. credit to the two changes that came. One being Cairo, obviously major, major change. The other is Elvis Andrews. I mean, we could have a whole episode about Elvis Andrews right now. Uh, and, and what to do what with What is Tim going Tim? on? He is, <laughs> he's electric. He's so exciting to watch. He is having fun. You see him having fun out there. You see him constantly working on his, his craft out there. What, and, what and I brought up is, here, let me, let, let me look at this. I'll bring it up so I have the numbers right. Uh, Baseball reference war for the White Sox. And remember, war is cumulative. So the less you play, the less your war can be. So, uh, for example, Tim Anderson only has 1.3 because he's missed so much of the season. Jose is 4.1, by far the best on the team. Because in addition to he being plays. good, he plays. Elvis Andrews is one and a half war. He's been here for, what, 18, 20 games. That's, that's a pace to be the MVP. <laughs> I mean, if he played a whole season the way he's playing right now, he he would be in the conversation for MVP. The guy is hitting like crazy. His defense, which has always been good, is still very good, and he's got power. I he's mean, nearly he's nearly the top D WAR on the team. Uh, Josh wow. is, is by by far the best at one point one, but after that. The next positive is Angle at point four, and Andrews is already at point three. Most, as we know from watching the White Sox, most of the team is negative. Well, and Josh is for some defense. reason. Josh is for some reason trying to bring that number down. Uh, he's he's in a yeah, very strangely, strange defensive he has, he has so much range and whatever that uh, uh, it it uh, it didn't bring. I mean, he had that error streak going yeah. on for a long time. It didn't bring it down that much, but I guess he just accumulated so much deep war that, that he was in good shape. All right. Well, let's take our break there. Um, we'll come back and we'll talk Hall of Famer baseball person and the impact or lack of impact we'd like him to have on the rest of the season. Uh, you'll never guess which way we're leaning. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we will see you in just a second right here on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. Spent the first half basking in the glory of the Cleveland win over a high school baseball pitcher uh, and a strange decision from Francona. Uh, Tony LaRussa was not in Cleveland, hence the five home run day and the players looking like they were enjoying the game of baseball. He uh, is, according to my fellow podcaster here, going to be in Detroit. Uh, so we will see what that does. When he showed up to Oakland, 
the team immediately had their worst game of the last two weeks. Um, they looked dead inside on the day that he was even in the ballpark. So I, I don't want to go full demonic possession uh, type of influence here, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I was, as I mentioned in the first half, I was listening to the score on my way to the grocery store this morning, and, and they were talking about uh, LaRusso and LaRusso's situation, uh, including playing an entire one-minute segment of Ozzy just being hilarious, uh, but but saying, basically, you know, it comes out there, what are you, he comes back, he goes out to the mound to change a picture, and he keels over. He says, this isn't good. <laughs> so, but uh, at any rate, they, they were quoting the sometimes writer whose name I can't pronounce, Tails his first name. Uh, and he actually talked to players with a, not off the record, but background. Instead of the, oh, well, everybody loves Tony LaRusso because they say, I love Tony LaRusso. Well, what the hell are you going to say about the guy who is your boss and who you cannot escape as your boss no matter what you want? That's what you have to say. Any human being in any job says that if it's in public, not not the corner of the bar where they can grouse. But what he said was talking to them individually, while they were very kind about LaRusa and very nice about him, 100% of the ones he talked to want Miguel Cairo to manage the rest of the season. I, I don't think there's any question about that. And he also gave some hints that talking to front office people, like, there are only two, <laughs> I guess. But, but, you know, the front office isn't crazy about bringing him back either. So how could luck- you be? How could you be at this point? I mean, you have to just be so blatantly ignorant and stupid to think Tony is going to be the guy who can get this team to the World Series. You, you can't be living in any form of reality whatsoever as a baseball executive at this point and think we need to get this guy back. Your your team completely changes their attitude, their effort, their success when this guy disappears for a few days, comes back for a day, they're wallowing in the pits of despair again, and then they start to pick it back up under Cairo. I, I don't know a world where you could be a baseball executive and think this guy can get this team to the championship. I I don't. The other factor of this discussion, and it, it was whether it was Ozzy or the writer or references to players, what was, and I, I think what Ozzy says, you're in or you're out. Because LaRusse is the, the elephant in the room. And as long as that is a huge issue that's on top of actually trying to play baseball, you're screwing everything up. If he's going to come back, he should be back. He should be back tonight and manage the rest of the time. Now, he shouldn't be back, but if he's going to be back at all, get it done. Or just say, not good for his health. We're going to let him sit out the rest of the year. I don't think you have to announce next year yet, which would be nice, but no, you don't have to. But you you have to say he's either coming back or he's not. So it's not constantly, is it going to be the Russo back? Is it, you know, it's... and egomaniac that he is, I'm sure he likes that. That 100%. everything is about him. Everything is about him. But it shouldn't be about him. And that there are supposed to be grown-ups 
in this organization. I don't think there are, but they're supposed to be who would take care of this and say, no, you're not coming back. No, go back, enjoy your health, recuperate. We'll talk about next year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the, this whole limbo thing where he's going to the ballparks, but he's not managing and will he be back? Won't he be back? Who's going to be managing tonight? It's just a stupid distraction. And and the players seemingly just seem to be all in on Cairo. So that's helpful. It doesn't feel like there's really any sort of emotional split in the team of Larissa stands versus Cairo fans. It's uh but it, it's ridiculous, and it's totally an ego thing, as you're saying. It's just he wants to be in the conversation. As the White Sox start to succeed, he wants to be in the picture so that he can be credited for this success, despite how he has done nothing to lead to any of this success. He has only hindered the success of this team so far. I think he's just going to keep doing this crap for the rest of the season. I think he's going to keep traveling with the team. He's going to keep pretending like, oh, I might come back, I might not, just because he could never give Miguel Cairo the freedom or satisfaction to to actually get to fully focus on this job for the rest of the year. Tony is a bum. He's, he's an outright bum, and he's going to do the bum thing every time. And what we are seeing right now is the bum thing. I think this is all a big setup to say he's not coming back next year for health reasons. But I agree with you. We could just say right now he's not coming back the rest of this year for health reasons. Just do it. Just get it done so that these guys can go to work every day knowing who their boss is and knowing that they are actually behind their boss 100% and that their boss is 100% behind them because Cairo has a completely different approach to these men that La Russa had. Cairo is heated but not in a, a stupid way for no reason. He's heated in, in, in the fun way that a guy who's getting to manage a bunch of really good baseball players for the first time should be heated, should be invested in the game. He's, it, it, it's the complete opposite of falling asleep in the second inning uh, or, or the first inning. It might have been. I can't remember. I think it was but, the first. Yeah. So it, it, it's the opposite mentality for that. And that is what young guys need. La Russa might be the answer if you had, you know, nine 39-year-olds out there. But when you have some of the best young talent in baseball, you need a manager with energy who is going to bat for them every time, who wants them to succeed, who wants to win, who wants to take these tools that these Guys have spent their whole lives honing and and let them shine out there. And we're really starting to see that from the White Sox. It's it's fun to watch them play baseball again. And as you said before, two big reasons. Miguel Cairo, Elvis Andrews. And that is that is where our season completely turned around was when Cairo took over and Andrews came in. Uh, we've talked about it before, I think, on the podcast or maybe off the podcast. But when Tim comes back, you do everything in your power to convince Tim to play second base so you can keep Elvis Andrews at shortstop. Uh, and I think it will happen because Tim's in the dugout every day. He's seeing 
what Andrews is bringing to this team. He's seeing the way it's firing up the rest of the guys, making everyone else play better. Um, if Tim can get past his ego, which I think he can, uh, we should see a, a, a Brayu Anderson, Andrews, Moncada infield, which is pretty sexy in reality. That's a, that's a pretty sweet infield. Yeah. Jose's not exactly a golden glover, even though he had one good defensive year miraculously in 2020, but no, he's a weak spot defensively, but obviously he's a team leader offensively. He's just the godfather of whatever the team, the quiet guy. Um, and, and he's perfectly adequate. It's just adequate. absolutely. He's going to catch the throws. That's and what I we think need. also if he's got Tim Anderson, although it'll take him a few games to get used to each other. If he had Tim Anderson to his right with that range, then Jose doesn't have to go to try to get the ground balls that go off the end of his glove. He's still going to have, he's still got the problem that he, he's, his ability to scoop has gone way downhill. But, you but know, Jose the things he does also, well, he still does well. And, and he, you know, he rises to the occasion too. He, he will, if he has that, solid, amazing infield, I, I think you'll see better play out of Jose Abreu defensively as well. And obviously his offense has been great, but I mean, and, and Moncada's offense is starting to come around. He's up over 210 now, thank goodness. Had four hits on uh, Thursday. Yeah, there was a while. Homer double there, two singles. There was a, a while there where there, I was concerned that my Moncada jersey was going to be useless on the second hand market. <laughs> um, but yeah, things are, things are really shaping up. We go into Detroit tonight and then we got the big ones against Cleveland, which is, uh, we'll probably touch base with our listeners again after that. We're running out of time here though. Do you have any final comments? No, just, uh, let's just keep the Hall of Famer baseball person as far away from everything as possible and. I, I, the the various scoring agencies, prediction agencies, have the Sox anywhere from about a fifteen to twenty percent chance to win the division now, which doesn't sound great, but it's a lot better than it was a week ago. So uh, there's yeah, that. and uh, and you know, I, for me personally, I think we have an even better chance than that. Um, but that is a huge upgrade from the three percent chance that they had given us a few weeks ago, and we all were believing in. Uh, so here we go. Big week. Let's sweep Detroit. Let's sweep Cleveland. Let's take first place in this thing. Let's get it done. Let's keep Tony out. Let's keep Miguel in. Let's get Tim back and let's win the freaking World Series. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week on Sharing Socks.